Episode 27. Oh, all those fun trips. Part 1. Welcome to Radio War Stories. In every episode, hosts Dave Jagger and Don Nelson reach into their arsenal of decades of radio experience to entertain you with their most amusing, enthralling, and interesting stories. Suit up and get ready for today's episode. One of the things I absolutely love about doing this podcast is some of the responses that we get in Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, wherever I happen to post it and remember to post it. Uh, Don, but uh, wait, wait, who are you? I'm Dave. I'm sorry. My name is Dave. And and I'm Don. Yes, and we're here with Radio War Stories. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was so anxious to jump into this because I love the people that listen to our podcast so much. And when they respond on Facebook or wherever, Byron McGregor's stories came flooding into me from my friends in Michigan and the Midwest uh-huh. and some of my radio folks uh, and friends that I uh, know of him and, right. and knew of him. So uh, I never, ever received that many comments really good on one of our podcasts and Byron McGregor. I mean, people were just, oh, I used to listen to him when I lived in Toledo. Oh, I grew up in uh, the eastern part of Michigan. Oh, yeah, CKLW in Windsor. (laughs) That's all we listened to in 2020 news. So we had a ton of uh, one woman actually told me she got to meet him. They they loved CKLW so much, and her teacher in school said, "Let's go do a visit to the radio station." So instead of going to one end of the Detroit area, they went to CKLW. They went to Canada. All right. They went to Canada across that international bridge. You bet. Or the Ambassador Bridge, I believe, is what it's yeah. called. And so, yeah, uh, a lot of great comments, so we appreciate that. And if you ever have any comments or even suggestions for what you want us to do and talk about, as long as it's radio-related, Don and I are game. Yes, and, and I don't know how radio-related travel is, but uh, we did a lot of it. Well, in, when in it our, concerns your time. job, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, we had some amazing things that that Dave that we discovered early on one of them was that uh, we were within about 10 feet of each other uh, over 20 years ago and didn't know it because we didn't know each other at the time that's right and that was a trip that uh, both your radio station and my radio station sent us on to the 20th anniversary of Disney World oh man what a VIP trip that was. Hey, they take care of you. They pay for the airfare both ways. They put you up in a great hotel. They, you'll come back at the end of the day or after your broadcast, and there's something that Disney has given you, maybe a, a towel, a nice beach towel with the logo of the hotel. And all I don't know how many people the, the park holds on a, on a normal day, mm-hmm. but when they had all of us down there, all of the broadcast people doing their morning shows from there, there were like 5,000 people max, and one of our group did Space Mountain 27 times because it was nonstop. There were no lines. There was nobody in the right. park, yeah, so you could was... just get off and ride it again. But that's how Dave and I didn't meet. That's right. <laughs> and we, they just had these tables lined up all around where you were, mm-hmm. and uh, you sat there sometimes... They would keep you at the same table two days in a row if you were there for a week-long a week broadcast and uh, then maybe move you over to 
the MGM, or now they just call it the Disney Studios, uh, and put you around that little lake in the middle of I mean, that was just, they were always moving you around and just doing wonderful stuff. Jerry, I think I told you, was the very first one, if I didn't, to ever ride Star Wars tours. Oh, yeah? Uh, as a civilian. Now, they'd obviously had tested it with their right. own employees yeah, and right. things. Uh -huh. But Jerry was the first one to ride Star Wars <laughs> tours. We were right by there broadcasting that one particular morning. And uh, the guy came out and said, hey, how about you? You'll do good. And he changed a couple of wires on my thing. I said, well, I'm going to have to be able to hear her if she... Oh, don't worry, we got all that covered. <laughs> okay, so she goes in. We were in a break at the time, and I come back out, and I said, well, this is exciting news, and I described what was going to happen. I said, uh, Jerry, are you there? She goes, yeah, I'm right here, and I'm inside this really cool thing. <laughs> and I was like, man, talk about Disney magic. Yeah, they make it work. They really, really oh, do. Oh, my gosh. they were Now, the only thing they don't let you do is... Outside of the regular hours or whatever hours they have your events scheduled for in the parks, they never leave you without a Disney person. Uh -huh. And that Disney person sticks by you, takes you to your remote facility. They've heard about the radio people. They just want to make sure we didn't take anything home that we didn't bring in to Pro begin with. Probably right, or reach into something and a nice souvenir. Uh, <laughs> a whole Mickey Mouse costume. Wow. <laughs> Let me get out of the Pirates of Caribbean and grab some of these things. <laughs> but that was an amazing time for uh, all of us. Uh, it was the, the trip was just absolutely fabulous. And I, I think it's, to me, I'm still amazed that we're able to sit here uh, over 20 years later and say, you know, I was there. Yeah, yeah, we were there. Yeah, I actually went by your booth. Right. Yeah, yeah. we did that. Well, routine. yeah, because you wandered around to see which radio stations were there. Yeah. Right. I remember uh, doing one broadcast, and RuPaul, who was doing a morning show in New York City, was in the booth next to me. This was not our New York City morning show, okay? We, <laughs> we had Jim Jim Kerr and Shelley yeah, Sunstein. Right. right? No, they yeah. were there, and I remember walking cautiously by that particular um, uh, table because I'm thinking, ooh, Jim Kerr and the big folks from New York City are here. <laughs> I don't know uh, when you first got into station trips, but uh, for me to, to say when I first got into it really ages me and maybe I shouldn't even talk about <laughs> no, it. No, 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 go ahead. But this goes back to WQUA Moline. I'm oh. station manager. It's just before I transferred over to Indianapolis. Okay. And we put together an Ozark Airlines DC-9 charter to Expo 67 in Montreal. Oh, man, a World's Fair. Yeah, well, they called it an Expo, expo for some reason. Yeah, yeah they right. had a license or pay more right, if they called right, it a World's right. Fair. But we took a, a plane load of folks from the Quad Cities up to Montreal. And, you know, it wasn't a, a, a high-end type of trip that we later got into in mm -hmm, other markets. Mm -hmm. This was kind of, okay, we got you on an airplane, we got you a hotel, uh, we're going to get your bags there, and you're on your own. But it was a lot of fun. That is a lot of fun, and, you, and obviously this was something for the listeners. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, That's fantastic to do those. To talk about all of the things that the radio, I, I really didn't get into any of those until we actually, well, let's see, the first one I did was probably when I left KVIC in Victoria and uh, did mornings at uh, Class FM in San Antonio, KLLS, and they, uh, the general manager came to me and said, hey, listen, I've got some trade at a hotel in Las Vegas. 
why don't you and Jerry go? And uh, you can, you know, in the morning, if you want, just do a couple of call-ins. Hey, I'm in Ve- we're in Vegas having a good time and blah, blah, blah. And uh, you said, okay. I said, okay. <laughs> and we did. And we stayed there for a nice long four days or so weekend uh, and then came back. It was a lot of fun. But I think that's the first taste I had of, of the radio station actually paying something to do a trip like that. Right. Yeah. But how about uh, some of your... your- Serious business trips. I'm talking like uh, uh, the, the uh, uh, morning boot camp and those kind of ah, things. Yes. Because those were some phenomenal uh, learning experiences. They were. And yeah. unbeknownst to my general manager, who thought all we ever did was to go to those things and not go to the sessions and drink. Mm-hmm. He thought it was just an excuse. You could still drink and go to the sessions, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Multitasking. Exactly. <laughs> but no, we always, Jerry and I always took advantage of those things to uh, to learn more. Sure. Because we were, especially morning show boot camp with Don Anthony, number one, one of the greatest friends to radio. Not Art Volo, but truly, right. <laughs> it was Don Anthony and still is. He's a wonderful man and a great great uh, friend of radio but uh and he's the one to put it on but boy boot camp we learned so much you'd go to the seminars you'd listen you take notes you did a lot of those things and you learned so much in the hallways just now you went to a lot of them as a manager right you learn more and get more information in the hallways most of the time oh, absolutely you and, and you learn you know you go to the sessions but you learn from from the, the people who are going through the same thing you are in another market. Yes. Uh, I remember coming up with, uh, that's uh, using the term lightly, coming up with uh, a billboard. And somebody asked me, how did you, great idea. And what it was was like an American flag with stars and stripes. Mm-hmm. And it just said, we love our country, WIRE 1430. All right, and somebody said, how'd you come up with that? And I said, I was down in Miami, and some station down there had it, and I stole it from them, you know? There are no new ideas in radio. (laughs) That's what we always used to say. Absolutely. And you're never going to get into trouble because it's just a big brotherhood. Radio was pretty much a big brotherhood. Nowadays, it's all lawyers and, you know, spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, the boot camp trips... Here in Dallas, when Kid Craddock first started our little uh, uh, Bitboard Festival, he had that online thing that we would trade ideas online uh-huh. and uh, get that every day. You had to pay for it, but it wasn't that expensive. And so we would trade ideas. You had to contribute, you know, every single week, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, or every, yeah, it was weekly. And so Jerry would most of the time do that. And I would say, hey, here's an idea to put. Oh, yeah. So we would do that. So, so come, she was the idea person. And you said, great. Exactly. Great, exactly. Great, way to go. Yeah. We'd come here to Dallas. And when it was like, I don't know, a dozen people plus kid uh-huh. and his producer. And uh, then it grew to be boot camp size almost with, you know, several hundred people hanging around and having a good time. Because I was accused of becoming a professional traveler at, at some point in the radio career. Uh, early on, when I went to Indianapolis, uh, I uh, was elected to, to the Country Music Association board. The CMA board meets four times a year. And one of the meetings is always international because the job is to promote country music. And sure. So you go in with sure. a big fanfare. And the very first CMA board trip we took was to London. And so we jump on this airplane and we all get together and when we land in in, uh, 
Heathrow. Mm -hmm. The guy sitting in front of me, Tex Ritter, <laughs> whose, whose son John became a TV legend, mm -hmm. uh, sadly, before he passed. Yes, he did. But uh, Tex turned around to my 12-year-old son John that I had on the trip with me, along with his younger sister, and said to me, or said to John, uh, young man, would you mind carrying my guitar? I am just too old to handle it. <laughs> John has never forgotten carrying the, the guitar for Tex Ritter. I would imagine that would be a highlight of my life too. That's but, but our first night in London, uh, there was a big country concert at Wembley. And, and we were just jet-lagged and you know just going to oh, go yeah. in and they were going to introduce the CMA board we were going to wave at them and then we were going to split mm -hmm. right well we get there and the seats they have for us are on the right side of the stage with spotlights blaring <laughs> on us there is no sneaking out folks oh, you are no. there and I will never forget, one of the acts was Hank Snow, the Canadian country singer, I'm mm -hmm. moving on. And he had not had great uh, excitement in his life for the past few years, but the people in England loved him. And he kept getting applause, and then he kept saying, thank you very much, and he'd do another song. Uh, and one of my fellow board members turned around and said, if he does one more act, I'm going to get out of this board seat and strangle it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was so excited to have applause again. He was right. like, I think I'll do my whole catalog. <laughs> Everything I ever heard. Everything right? I've ever heard or done. <laughs> but, but on that same trip. Did they uh, pack Wembley? Oh, yeah. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a big the, place. The, the, the country is big in, in the uh, UK. Right. And right. always has been. Yeah. But uh, one of the fun things, uh, my... Uh, time there I was hosted by the BBC being the, I was the broadcast representative nice. so the BBC had a guy that uh, said hey uh, how about tomorrow a, a, you've got your day off tomorrow uh, we can provide you with a car and driver for sightseeing cool. and they said oh terrific they said okay we'll be out in front of the hotel at 9 o'clock so 9 a.m. we go downstairs and standing outside a vintage Rolls Royce oh my God. is a livery driver oh, Mr. Man. Nelson a livery driver. Right. So here we are. And we did all of our going around, and then it came time to go to Buckingham Palace for the changing of the guard. Of course. And there are you know, tons of tourists there, mm -hmm. and cabs mm -hmm. and buses backed up. And the rolls, our driver, is going beep, 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 beep. And he turns around, he looks at me, and he says, uh, the hackies stay back there. The rolls go right to the gate. <laughs> beep, beep. Beep, beep. Nice. So, so we pull up. He jumps out, opens the back door, and my, my then 10-year-old daughter, Anne, looked at me and said, Daddy, I can't get out. They're all staring at us. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they? Who are they? Who are these people? They must be famous. They're in this fancy car. But we did have phenomenal uh, Country Music Association board trips. I mean, to places exciting like Dallas. Uh, and, oh, yeah, and, Dallas. Yeah, and, and <laughs> San Diego and you name it. Sure. Uh, almost every yeah. major city in America at some point, the board either meets there or has met there at some period of time. I'm trying to think. I don't ever think I did an international trip of any kind representing our uh, radio station at all. We actually did. Uh, we, uh, I remember we did Mexico City uh, one year, and uh, I ended up staying in Acapulco. It was a 35-minute plane ride, 
And so I'd come in and do the board meetings during the day, then jump back on the airplane uh, and go down to the beach uh, in Acapulco while we were there for, for this period of time. And uh, that was kind of a fun trip. <laughs> I'll bet that was. Uh, I remember taking a bus load of people, and it reminded me of uh, your stories about how when you were in Indianapolis and you had the caravan of buses going to the yeah. different yeah, concerts. Yeah, that, that was the, right. the separate corporation the jocks put together. Right, the ones that the jocks. It was called, called the Country Gentleman Caravan. Right. And they took busload after busload to Nashville. We, Jerry and I were in Victoria and we decided to do a, one of our clients, they were, uh, they were travel agents and um, they decided they wanted to advertise on the radio station and wanted us to promote a bus trip up to Texas. This was around the uh, urban cowboy time, uh, up to Dallas rather. And so we did. We filled the bus with a bunch of listeners and the, the end of the trip was going to be Billy Bob's over in Fort Worth. Sure. Uh, because it was, you know, urban cowboy. Billy Bob's. Yeah, right. and it was Billy Bob's. So we filled the bus and one of the things I'll never forget is as soon as we rolled into Dallas and headed over toward Fort Worth, um, one of the people on the bus behind me said, Red Lobster, because we didn't have Red Lobster in, in Victoria. <laughs> Red Lobster, that's the best eating in Dallas right there. <laughs> Gourmet. <laughs> <laughs> no other restaurant to eat at in Dallas except Red Lobster. Well, did you go? We did, and the listeners had a great time, and, but it wasn't an overnight stay. We drove back. Really? All the way back down. Well, look at the hotel prices, you say. Exactly. <laughs> Boy, everybody was just tired. You know, but the, those CMA trips uh, for me went on uh, for 20 years. And that was 20 years of four times a year going someplace really nice. Nice. Uh, That's and, so cool. And going with uh, industry leaders. Uh, the Country Music Association, a lot of people don't realize the, the whole CMA is made up of strictly industry people. There are no fans involved in the Country Music Association. It's all industry. And you have representatives from each category. The record companies had two guys uh, on it. The music licensing company, mm -hmm. ASCAP had one and BMI had one and then CSAC. Uh, CSAC wasn't allowed. Oh no, they would they would get them in and out. Oh, they, did they? They, they'd yeah. rotate them around because yeah. it was, you know, it was a very unpolitical political thing yes uh, because you had to take care oh, of sure. a whole bunch of people absolutely you had advertising agency two people from the ad agencies and and, and mm -hmm. all of that mm -hmm. there were always two artists and that's where we had so much fun uh, because when you travel uh, four times in a year with somebody like charlie pride uh, or, or Barbara Mandrell, oh, or, or you know these folks. You, she you was on the board, right? Yeah, Barbara oh, yeah. Mandrell. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, Charlie Price. and Charlie, yeah, right, uh, and uh, Charlie Daniels. Uh, <laughs> and I understand uh, he was just a super nice guy. He was an amazing guy, with one exception. Charlie chewed. All right, <laughs> and we would be sitting in a board meeting, and he would reach for a glass. And every other board member couldn't take their eyes off of him. We knew what was going to happen, and you don't want to see no. it. No, but no, away it went. You oh, know, oh my gosh. Walk, so. walk around with a, one of those solo cups, those red plastic cups, Charlie. You're gonna so not a clear glass, please. <laughs> oh, nasty. Oh. Well, I never got to go to any board meetings like that, thank goodness. But uh, we certainly did a lot of trips. 
Concerts, of course, everybody did so many concerts uh, representing the radio station, sponsoring them, whatever. Uh, in uh, Grand Rapids, our, uh, we did several really great concerts with Chicago. Uh, we did maybe like four with those guys. Really nice guys. They almost got to the point to where they knew our names. And hey, didn't we see you like last year? Yeah, Dave. That's right, Dave. Dave and Jerry, you guys are married and do the mornings together. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd be standing there talking to Robert Plant, who was yeah, makes you feel makes real really good. feel nice. Yeah, and it's amazing. Some of these artists do have just literally a photographic memory. We talked oh, yeah. the, talk yeah. the other day about mm-hmm. one of the, one of the great. Uh, on-air talents who had that had that same ability. Yeah, that was. Yeah, and and it always made you feel nice. Yeah. Uh, and and a lot more comfortable to be around them that uh, way course. as well. So uh, we had a lot of great conversations with those guys. A lot of great concerts. Phil Collins, uh, we sponsored one for him in uh, West Michigan, and boy, what a great show that was. Yeah. Uh, he put on some. Uh, member of the audience that was sitting right down it was in this uh that particular concert was in in the round so we sat right in the front where he was facing most of the time and one of our listeners had some made up a little thing with 95.7 wlht or w light and it was all sparkly like a dealy bobber with the little you know sparklies and things like that awesome <laughs> yeah so he reaches down and grabbed it from her head and put it on while he was doing his show <laughs> and he wore it for a couple of songs and then he gave it back to us we promoted uh, you know uh, country shows in indy and uh, during the course of the season we'd probably have eight to ten shows over the space of a year and it was pretty much everybody who was anybody uh and we had the shows at the coliseum which was on the uh, indiana state uh, fairgrounds mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, at uh, 38th and meridian and lots of folks came to those. We also had sponsored the last show ever for Elvis. There. It was in Indy. There. His and last that, show right, was in right. Indy. And no we, kidding. And you guys sponsored oh, we that. We had all these great seats. You oh, know, man. I bet that made the other there. radio stations mad. Well, the problem was getting that close and realizing just how far gone he was yeah, i mean yeah. literally physically yeah you know? he was the fat bloated elvis right at that time yeah yeah but, the, but that was his last his yeah. very last concert the, the svelte uh hawaii elvis right elvis no no hip thing that ed sullivan would, uh, exactly <laughs> would make yeah well. thanks for listening to radio war stories make sure to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts Like us on Facebook at Radio War Stories and call in with your questions or comments here or on Skype. Skype at RadioWarStories.com. We look forward to hearing from you. See you next week.